I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare tri-term medical plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare tri-term medical plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. Achtung Millwall supports the Lions Food Hub, and all of our advertising revenues will be donated to support this fantastic initiative. It's now based at the Lions Centre on Bolina Road, and it's run by our own Kelly Webster. This is a friendly food bank supporting families in the Bermondsey and SE16 area. If you can help support the Lions Food Hub in any way, please visit at Lions Food Hub on Twitter or get in touch with us at Achtung Millwall. The Lions Food Hub. Come on, you lions. You're listening to Achtung Millwall, broadcasting from the beautiful South Berlin. Except no sandwich. Hello, dear listeners. Welcome to Achtung Millwall in the wake of yesterday's 3-1 defeat at Cardiff City. Joining me on today's show to review the um, chew over the cud of, of uh, events yesterday down there in Cardiff is our very own Jury Scalak. Welcome to the show, Mike Hayden. Hello, Nick. Uh, hello, listeners. Well done for going yesterday, mate. I, I managed to get a stream, watched it on the telly, so I didn't envy those that were there. Um, seems rather early in the season to be declaring a Millwall crisis, Mike, doesn't it? I mean, you know, it's not three weeks since we're full of pre-season optimism. Mm. happens every season I think Nick. We'll, we'll always be optimistic you bring in a few new signings get excited and then after four games it's uh, a pretty drab watch uh, unfortunately um, yeah. I think the fi- fixtures if I'm honest haven't been particularly kind to us I think it was a it is a tough start um, I think those first four games but you know I think the Blackpool game is extremely important which we may get on to um, but we, we definitely need a win to boost the spirits we do. I mean, I was watching the post-match conversation with um, the, you know, the club video with with uh, Gary Rowe. He makes the same point. It's it's suddenly become seven very important days in the in in the life of Millwall Football Club. Which, um, it, it, having watched yesterday's performance, Mike, I mean, it's a real it's a real mixed bag actually because you know you could say the first half was a a rather drab affair and it, and it was, but we weren't that bad in the first half. I mean, you can say that we weren't that brilliant, but we weren't off of it. And mm. there was no hint of the defensive disasters yet to come. I mean, we had the best chance in the first half really with a phobie yeah. on six minutes. So there was just no clue that what was going to take place in the second half. And I find that a bit disconcerting. Exactly. And now if anything, we were the better side, I think, in the first half. It was poor. It reminded me a lot of the Blackburn game. You know, yeah, we yeah. had quite a lot of the ball, didn't create a lot. Um, and, you know, nothing sort of really happened. But Cardiff, I thought, were awful in the first half. Um, and, you know, thinking to ourselves, if we can actually just string a few passes together and create something, we'll we'll win this. Um, but that that never really came. Um, and then, yeah, really, you know, the fact that defensively you're conceding three goals from, was it both of their centre-backs? I think yeah. Aiden Flint got two and was it Morrison got the other? That's extremely poor. You know, we quite pride ourselves in being uh, solid defensively and, and also very strong in the air. But, yeah, there's something not quite right. And I think at, at the back, and I think it's it's missing that leadership in Hutchinson. Um, Cooper looks like a lost little lamb back there, I think. And, you know, Ballard is a young centre-back and needs some guidance. And Murray Wallace is Murray Wallace. You know, he's an average defender at this level. So we, we are missing Hutch uh, a lot. We're missing it big time. I mean, the injury crisis is another, another thing we can mention while we're about our business mm-hmm. because that's an ever-increasing list now. Hutchinson obviously out, I believe it's a, it's a quad injury that he's out with. Yeah. I mean, we're missing 
Um, Danny Mack yesterday. We're missing yeah. Ryan Leonard, um, both of whom apparently have, have, have um, been injured. Um, yeah. and, and so it goes. I mean, Mason Bennett is out. And, you know, for a fairly small squad, Mike, I mean, that's actually a fair chunk of senior players that are, that are you know, not are missing at the moment. It shows, I think. It's, yeah, it's so frustrating because it's exactly what happened to us last season as well. We had an injury crisis where we had around four or five players out and it, and it really did cost us with some of the performances, I think. Um, the squad is bigger this year and I think that's what he's he has tried to do if we do have a slight crisis like this. There should be enough, um, you know, quality to fill in. Um, whether that's true, I don't know. Mm. Um, but you know, it's um, it is yeah, it is frustrating. But I think most of our big players are still still available. I mean, you know, I don't I don't think we can blame this injury, the injuries to this really poor start. I think, yeah, I think we've been there's good enough players on that pitch to probably be performing better than we have still. I think. And that's a good point. I'm just looking at the the starting lineup yesterday. I mean, I, you know, you can maybe quibble listeners with one or two choices, and and you know, um, there aren't many other options available to us. But Mike, on paper, that didn't look a bad starting lineup. No. You know, I, I wouldn't, I, yeah. I wasn't shocked when I saw it. Maybe I wondered where Danny Mack was because there was no pre-match um, hint that yeah. he might not be in. But otherwise, that's a decent starting eleven. And mm. I'd make the same point. Um, I thought we played. Not brilliantly, but there were some moments. There were some really nice touches from the essential mm. Jed. I mean, some back back heels and some moves and some and then Scott Malone. And you know, um, on another day a phobie scores, and maybe we're we're in front and it all looks a bit different. But you know, that's not a bad starting eleven. But when it seems to me when the going gets tough, we just fold. And yeah, that's not good. I hate this formation, if I'm going to be honest, Nick. It it's just <clears> doesn't work for me. And, and I don't think he's going to deviate away from it. You know, no. it just, just you know, that first half, I just think there's more potential on the pitch than we're showing. I think the formation limits us a lot. Um, you know, we obviously still haven't seen the best of Savile, whether he's not fully fit yet. But I don't think the formation sort of helps. Um, he always seems to end up out wide for some reason when... You know, he scored all those goals for us and, um, you know, got all those assists when he was here last time when he was playing more centrally. So that's frustrating. And I, and I think this Jed Wallace free roam uh, business as well, you know, he's everywhere but nowhere, if you get what I mean. Um, he's, and that's the difficulty, you know, he, he played so well with Romeo on that right-hand side when we did play sort of yeah, that yeah. Uh, formation. That was our most dangerous goal threat. For a team that doesn't score many goals, you know, you take that away um, and here we are. So it's, yeah, I'm not really not convinced by this formation um, at all. Um, I think I liked when Mahoney came on, actually, Nick. I thought he looked quite bright. Um, he did. Yeah, he's, he did. he's clearly, he, we know he's a skillful player. He's just inconsistent. But, you know, he's probably thinking to himself, you know, I'm, I'm just sitting on the bench and he needs to start performing. But that I'd like to see more from him. And, you know, that gives you maybe the opportunity to go back to that formation we played, which was quite good last year. Was it the uh, five, uh, 5-2-3? We had three up top and Jed was more on the right. Uh, and we won a lot of games using that. So, you know, I'd like to see that really. But, you know, I, I can't predict Gary Rowett, unfortunately. No, I mean, this this is probably the elephant in the room, really, Mike. I mean, you know, we... You're, you're, you're right um, about about Mahoney when he came in, and, and yet there was a strange pre-match quote about uh, from Gary Rowett saying how he, was, he wasn't playing, wasn't starting, wasn't playing because of what Rowett sees day in, day out, which sounded quite damning, didn't it? You know, like um, hints that Mahoney mm. doesn't put in a shift in the training training ground, and mm. then, he, then he does a show, and maybe, maybe some players need a few words to G them up. I don't know whether that should be done publicly is sports psychology beyond me but um I thought he looked all right you know he, he yeah. provided a bit of guile I mean there was there was a brief 10 minute period after we went two nil down and I've written on my notes movement and passing suddenly we looked like mm. we're alive you know yeah um, strange strange tactics strange strange team mentality at the moment well, it, it, I mean, the thing is, it's it's a funny one because he's so set on um, playing this five at the back. But, you know, when we've gone down in games and then changed to a four at the back, how much better do we actually look? Because, you know, when we were 
I think he obviously would have made the ch- positive changes at one down, but the second goal came in such so, quick so succession. Yes, yeah. yeah. I think we, we, you know, we really, you know, suffered from that. But yeah, when he and then when he switched to four at the back, took Cooper off or brought Smith on. You know, we were so much better going forward. Ultimately, maybe it cost us with the, the third goal, but. You know, we we really it could have been a different outcome, and I would have actually been pleased with a point with Malone hitting the bar, which was a really easy chance by his standards as well, sort of quite good goal scoring form. But yeah, we were all over them then, and we actually looked quite exciting, uh, and that was the best part of the match. But it's the old adage, you know, you wait till you're behind to actually go at teams where. Actually, if we'd have gone at Cardiff to begin with, as I said, they were dreadful in that first half. Perhaps I, I we thought, could have been two 0 up at the break. You know, I it's, thought they looked quite ordinary, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, yeah. If, if 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 long throws to big men is is any kind of football revelation, then <laughs> you know we, we were doing that in 1975, weren't we? So, um, I mean, that, that that they played that well. I mean, yeah, I can't detract from the simplicity of each of the goals. One, two, three, and. Each were mm. basic um, defensive errors. I mean, you, you can't beat yeah. around the bush on on this, and that's that's worrying because it strikes me, Mike, that Rowett's um, footballing ethos is built on solid defence. You know, and mm. then then hit teams on the break, and 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 you get one chance that you take clinically. And at the moment, none of those things are happening. We're not solid. No. we're not scoring the goals. I mean, not to detract from Benick's goal yesterday, which I thought was a good one. Yeah, but I mean, it's, it just comes to that. I mean, I know he, it's a points business football, but there is an element of entertainment and Harry sort of touched on this and knowing your audience as Millwall fans is we do want a bit of, you know, gung-ho football Gusto. sometimes. Yeah. And, yeah, and then just, do you know what? It, and it comes to that, like I'd rather have been beaten 5-0 or something and actually gone for it than maybe just this sort of 3-1 where you sit back all, all first half or, you know, it's just no creativity. I think that's, you know, what's frustrating. And, you know, at, at the, I mean, this is why this Blackpool game is such a big game because, you know, they're a team which have just come up and, and, you know, we are much better than them. We've got to go at them and actually create some chances and look like a side who wants to hopefully win the game comfortably. But, you know, at the moment, I just can't see can't see how that's going to happen just with the performances so far. I just, um, yeah, it just it just seems a little little deflated at the moment, isn't it? A little deflating. It's depressing. I mean, yesterday, yeah. finish finish yesterday's game depressed, and that's mm. that's not what you watch football for. I mean, it, it can, you can be beaten by a better side. We were beaten by a better side in the week, Mike, and you can't really yeah. um, you can talk about Mill's performance, but Fulham were head and shoulders in front of us, and to yeah. some extent, you've got to take that on the chin. The, the better team wins, but the better team yesterday, you could so you know, it wasn't apparent for the bulk of the game that Cardiff no. was in front of us. It was just we. These silly errors in defence. I, 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 I'm finding that quite difficult to get my head around because Jake Cooper hasn't become a bad player, um, and Daniel Ballard has shown promise and he's a good defender. Mm. And Murray Wallace, I think, you know, okay, he's he may be limited, but he's a very willing man. But somehow yeah. that defence is just not clicking at the moment. It's each each of our games this season has been have been given away one way or the other by by poor defence. Mm. So something's not right. I don't know what that is. I don't know what, what, what lies behind it. Um, yeah. I mean, I wonder sometimes, Nick, is, you know, when you make a few signings, it does take a little bit of time for them all to gel and to get it right, you know, because we have brought in a lot of new players. Um, you know, what is there, maybe four new players starting at once, I think, maybe yeah, yesterday? Yeah, oh, yeah, I think yeah. four. I don't know, maybe three. But, it, you know, it does take a little bit of time to sort of bed in and sometimes you need a few games and, and that's when you're going to see players maybe not know what they're doing as much or maybe some mistakes at the back so that that is a possible explanation but I, I just think the main thing is as, as we mentioned earlier is missing Hutchinson's leadership you know none of those even back five are shouters um and organizers no, no, they're they're they need nice, the, yeah. Yeah. exactly they need the guidance and that's what Hutch is is there for and there's no one else um, to do it well, maybe Alex Pierce. <laughs> no, well, that really... no yeah. at least he, at go and wash your mouth of Listerine, Mike. <laughs> well, I know, Christ. But I mean, uh, the thing is, he can't play football, but he ha- he can actually lead, I suppose. But you know, I'd still rather not have him in the team. But I'm just thinking about leaders, and I don't think maybe I mean, I can't really think of a leader in that 11 yesterday, if I'm honest, Nick. Maybe Jed a bit, but there's no one who's just barking orders. And 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 that's sometimes what you need, especially these awkward throws in the box and all of that sort of stuff. You need someone to go, you know, 
I can get your man and, you know, don't yeah, let him yeah. through. And, you know, we yeah. were too soft. We were bullied at the end, the end of the day by, you know, big Mick, uh, big Mick's tactics, which are to be expected, I think. Absolutely. I mean, there are rumblings on online. There were rumblings that to be, I don't know if uh, you were there in the in the week, Mike, but certainly mm. there were rumblings around me in, in, in blocks one and two uh, towards Rowett. Um, he's already mentioned it's a big seven days. I think it is a big seven days because you can't, you mustn't overplay this stuff, but we, um, Rowett made the point, you don't be going into the international break without a win. And, and that's pretty much um, we're in, what we're in danger of league wise anyway. Mm. Um, unless we, unless we turn over black. I'm just looking at the end of last season's results, which I know is probably an unfair thing to do, but that's, that's the nature of our show. I mean, we, if you, Discount the 4-1 win over Bristol um, at the various uh, Saturday, 1st of May. It was thumping on thumping on thumping last, that's always the end of last season. Yeah. And this feels like a continuation of it. And I think that's the problem. It's been a long while since we've had any good times at the den. Mm. Big problem, yeah. I think. Um, yeah, yeah, no, you are right. We haven't really put a, sh a run of sort of wins and draws together for, for a while, I think. Um I mean, it's it's a tricky one with Rowett because he he frust as as we said, I think he he frustrates the fan base just with he the does. style of the football. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, he he's a solid championship operator. I'd find it very unlikely that we get relegated under Rowett. Um, and you know, I guess contextually, again, a top half finish in the championship to be boring is is an extremely good finish for Millwall. Um, you know, regardless of if you look at finances, you know, crowds, etc., it's still very good but as fans obviously we always want to improve and go that step further and that's obviously the natural reaction and you know if we because we've had a couple of pretty strong finishes league table wise in the last couple of years expectations are high Nick and yeah. you know I don't know if Rowett is the man to meet those expectations I think perhaps a solid operator in the championship could finish mid table, which I say as a Millwall side, it's not, not, not bad, but if we do ever want to try and make that next step, it just feels like, you know, there's still sort of something missing there. Um, so, you know, I, I mean, I wouldn't be thinking about sacking him just yet, but, you know, I think if we're in the bottom half towards Christmas, maybe that's something we want to kind of take a look at because, that that would be probably a failure for this season, especially with the amount of money he's been given as well, Nick. I mean, yeah, you know, I know yeah, we don't yeah. have we don't have a big budget at the Den, but you know, over previous years, he's he's been given a few million quid to spend, and you know, he's wasted money at Stoke before. Was it twelve million he bought a Fobe for, or something? You know, he's so I worry. I hope he hasn't done that again. But so that no. that is, you know, that. That that trust that Berylson's given him, I think, with the budget and stuff, you know, to be finishing if you're at the bottom half towards Christmas, I think I think he's going to be under a lot of pressure then, um, and maybe we could see him depart. But but for now, yeah, it's a little bit early, I think. The, the, the Scalac protestometer. I was trying to think of a protest, <laughs> like, like the clapometer, the car park protestometer. We need, don't we? It's still under under halfway at the moment, but it's yeah. it's, it's, it's hovering. I think it's, it's it is. It's, yeah, it it's is. Awful. I think it. Yeah, it is a ticking time bomb. I think is a good <laughs> a ticking time bomb. Yeah. Is, is it... <laughs> oh dear, that's that's wonderful stuff, Mike. I'll uh, I really appreciate you taking time out. You're welcome. Sunday morning, um, and I'll let you crack on with the rest of your day, mate. Really appreciate your time, Mike, and uh, let's hope for better in the week. Big thank you, Mike Hayden. That's it. Thank you, Nick. Life is full of what ifs, some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs, no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. 
Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. Achtung. Mailball. Hello? I don't quite know where to start with this game. First half was absolutely dull and boring. And we got our backsides handed to us in the second half. Uh, we just don't learn, do we? Uh, Rowett's time, I feel, is running out. I'd give him another two, three, four weeks to prove that he can turn things around. But he has to realise that playing this formation that he starts with, this five at the back and one up front just doesn't suit Millwall. It's not the Millwall way. And he, he, he's, his ineptitude when it comes to tactics is absolutely unbelievable. It took us again until we were 2-0 down to change the formation. Then we get a goal back almost immediately. And to be fair, we could actually have been 2-2 two, two if uh, if Scott Malone hadn't have rattled the crossbar from four yards, when it, five yards, when it was easier to score than it was to actually miss. But he, he, I feel for him because he's obviously, he steadied the ship when he first came in. And we do punch above our weight in this division. No two ways about it. But today, in the end, we could have been beaten by five or six. The ineptitude, as I said, of his tactics, the way that he sets us up, uh, some of the players that he plays. Is Danny McNamara injured? He's got to be if he's playing Marlon Romeo. We just look absolutely... You can't see where the we're boring. You just can't see where the next goal is coming from at times. A phobia looks quite dangerous. But we've got absolutely zero creativity for 95% of that match. And it's killing us. Absolutely killing us. We're, there's no two ways about it. We are in a relegation fight the way that we're playing at the minute and that's what three four games into the season you can see this coming an absolute mile off or well yeah yeah well most people can yeah i'm not sure rabbit can he'll just give you uh uh the 15 languages of bullshit that he normally comes out with in every post-match press conference anyway uh onwards and upwards cambridge on tuesday night i think so come on your lines hello nick barry Mooney. I can't believe last night I was there like you. Just unbelievable. It's embarrassing at times. I think we answered a few questions there. I think Jed's, Jed's all to sign the contract with us because I don't think many people are going to look for him. And Romeo, as far as I'm concerned, he just doesn't want to play for us anymore. There's one incident in the first half. He's got the ball and he's run walls there, corner flag. And no one, we're off sitting up in the doctors. He couldn't believe it. But the whole performance was poor. Fulham didn't need our help. They were a good side. But, my God, Gary Wright's got a few questions to answer on that lot. I think he's crying out for someone in the middle of the park who put their foot on the ball. I think we've got to do that, otherwise we're just going to struggle with that side. He talks about only one player away from a good side. I don't know who that player's going to be. He's got a lot of work to do. Anyway, this is my rent, Nick. Anyway, look after yourself. Cheers, mate. Achtung, Mühlweil. Huge welcome on the show now to a new voice, um, another um, <laughs> sufferer from yesterday. You were there, Ben. But, um, welcome to Ben Anthony on the show. Welcome, Ben. Hi, Nick. How are you? I'm, I'm, I'm feeling vaguely depressed, and I'm sure that almost every Millwall fan listening to this show is is in the same kind of um, 
state of mind, Ben? I mean, you were there yesterday. Yeah, it was um, it was a really tough um, watch, really, mm. particularly the second half. I think. Yeah. Um, the first half was a little bit of a non-event. I think both teams were cancelling each other out, and there was kind of a feeling that this was going to be a one-nil either way. Um, and then the the second half, it was like we didn't come back out. We didn't turn up. Um, and unfortunately, I think that's that's something we've seen quite a few times. Um, well, this, this is the, war- side. the worrying thing. I mean, each of the league games this season have been, to a greater or lesser extent, given away by um, what I'd call basic errors. I mean, I, I, I don't know what, um, what other, other twist we can put on it, but failures of um, in defence. And, you know, it was striking me last night that if Gary Rowett, Gary Rowett's defence fails him, then there's not much left after that, is there? Because we don't show enough creativity or attacking now to make up the, the difference going forwards. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I'm beginning to wonder, we, we seem to look stronger with four in defence rather than five. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. And I'm beginning to wonder if we need to, to put another attacker in there. And, and um, you know, I think part of the issue is we're, we're so held back that we're we're inviting the the attack on us, and you know every mistake seems to lead to a goal at the moment. You're you're hinting at a, a formation, a secret formation called four four two. I think there, Ben, aren't you? It's uh, it's like that. <laughs> um, four four four. I mean, I agree. I mean, we looked better in the second half um, against Fulham when we went four four two. Um, there was a that brief period yesterday when we were 2 0 down and he just made a couple of substitutions, taking Jake Cooper off, which, um, you know, drew an intake of breath from me when I saw that. Um, but nevertheless, we, we did look a bit better. We passed the ball, showed um, some, some movement, some intelligence with it. And there's a good team in there. This is what's frustrating is there's a good side, it's just not happening for him at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think, um, um as I kind of said to you. Um, yesterday, the, the potential in this squad is, we all said, was was to be a top Good. 10, maybe yeah, even yeah. just for a top yeah. six. Yeah. Um, but it's, it, it, with well, as, as with all Millwall sides, it's all about a little bit of luck and um, a bit of momentum and, and having a little bit more fight than the other teams. And yeah, um, I think we haven't had the luck. We, we have got some injury problems. Um, and I saw the news about Danny Mack going down for a... Yeah. Yeah. A few weeks, which is a real shame. Um, and I, I think we haven't got any momentum because we haven't got that win under our belt, but we sort of need to get going. Um, and I think as soon as we get a win or two, that'll get the fans in in full voice again. And and I think we've got the potential to kickstart this season, but it takes a little bit of bravery, I think, from the squad and from, from Rowett. I mean, it's a big week ahead of us. Um, strange to be um, talking so soon of um, Millwall crisis and, and all the rest of it, but I, I think we're on the on the fringes of of it at the moment. And I think the next seven days are going to be big. I mean, the reason that um, Ben and I are speaking today, listeners, is because I picked up on some tweets that you put out last night, Ben, and you're making the point really that we know what Plan A is, which is this. Um, you know, wing back, three man defence, um, soak up the pressure and hit the opposition on the break. But that's self evidently not working. And you you make the point last night. What's what's Plan B? Well, um, it seems to be bring Matt Smith on uh, and go long, um, which is fine. I mean, I, Cardiff beat us yesterday with a pretty much a a, a Welsh version of that. But um, I don't know. It, it doesn't seem to be much up up the sleeve, does it? I mean, I know the squad is not huge and injuries are taking a toll, but there's, there's not much, there's no, there's no um, creative alternative. I think that's a fundamental problem for us at the minute. Yeah. And I, I think the issue with that is a manager like Mick McCarthy will have known exactly what was coming yesterday um, and will have had plans to, to get around us and, yeah, and yeah. counteract exactly the substitutes that, that happened pretty much. Yeah. Um, you know, and, and we've got, you know, still people like Neil Warnock in the league who who's going to do exactly the same thing. Managers um, have been around the track a few times as well, haven't they? So they they, they know know what's going to be required. I mean, you also make a good point, um, which I wanted to to touch on, is that um, the early incarnation of Gary Rowett seemed to be um, 
seemed to be more imaginative. I don't know, he, he seems to have had his spirit crushed. <laughs> I don't know if that's the right way to put it. But, I mean, you know, we, we, we saw um, brief hints of, of that. I mean, Jake Cooper making runs forward and all this kind of thing. That's, that's, that's no longer, we, we see it rarely when it was once something that we look forward to seeing under him. And that's, that's, there seems to be this kind of collective, it's, it's like a dullness about the side at the moment. Yeah, I think so. Um, I, I certainly don't. I don't think it's um, the right time to be making a managerial change or anything like that. I think um, I think we do need to, to back this manager, and, and the chairman's brought in some players, presumably the players that he wanted. Yeah. Um, and I think it would do us all some good just to see him bring that sort of bravery and I don't know how to put it, but sort of tactical nous back. You know, the sort of I was thinking back to the Blackpool game. A um, couple of seasons ago, where I, I think he he made a change after about thirty minutes because it just wasn't yeah. working, or was it Luton? Um, and uh, it just he, wasn't working, and he changed the formation. I think you're right because I mean, yesterday's substitutions came after we went two 0 down. The first goal went in. Um, I've lost my notes now, but uh, the, the first goal was a sloppy goal to give away, um, and then the second one almost followed it immediately with it almost exactly the same move. It was just another poor header. And then he's chasing the game with substitutions. And rather than taking that uh, that initiative and making the changes earlier, um, it's an interesting point because I think you know, I was saying to to Mike just before we, we spoke today, it seems to be a long time since we, we've had any good times at the den and there's been any sense of of, um, of of uplifting football and I think that the problem that we have we'll never match other teams resources as we saw in the week with Fulham but we can match them for for fire in the belly and but you do need to play the right kind of football to, to tap into that and we're just not doing that at the moment yeah we've kind of I think we've got hope that we we get that win under our belt and we can get a little bit of belief back in the side and hopefully that sort of sparkle will fire yeah. again um one thing I will say is, is seeing um, players like Jed and Bart out there that they you could tell that they were really getting quite frustrated at, at going behind and they were trying to get the, the team you know going again yeah um, I think Benekafobe is seems to have a sort of never say die attitude and I like um, Benek seems, um, yeah a good yeah. goal a good goal as well you see I thought he worked the space well took a deflection but you know um, that's the striker's job is to win space and get get those breaks and I, I do like the look of him um, I'm just yeah. looking at a, a graphic here. I think someone's posted it on Twitter, uh, Ben. Uh, Jed Wallace's importance. If we didn't know it already, I think most of us do know how important he is. And, but there's a statistical graphic from Sky, I think, yesterday, showing how he's within the team, number one for goals, number one for assists, number one for chan chances created, goal attempts, attempts on target. And so it goes on. Um, Let's hope. Let's hope they put him in. Um, you know, wrap him up in cotton wool each night, and he doesn't doesn't. Um, you know, putting a bins out doesn't fall over or something. Because without him, I think we'd be bereft. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think we need Hutchison back. I think we, we really miss him. He's yeah. he's a real leader on the pitch. You know, you, you talk about the the governors of you know the Mike Calvin book era. Um, we're we're sort of missing a key governor there, and we sort of need him back in the fold. And you know, like I say, let's try and kickstart the season again, and um, pretend none of this ever happened. I mean, some good. I was just looking at some other tweets from last night while I've got you on the on the line um, down there in Wales. Still, well done for, for, for <laughs> making the foreign travel in these in these difficult days. Um, and Dan Poor has always backed Gary Rowett, but he's, he says he's turned Millwall into dream opponents in this league. Very one dimensional. We sit back and we allow other teams to play their game. And we religiously stick to the same formation, stroke tactics, regardless of a position, which is largely, I think, the same point that that you're making. That it's we're just very predictable, and and easy opponents, which is which is unforgivable at the den. Yeah, I, I wonder how much of this is because it's been so long without us being in the den and being able to see the team properly. Um, and, <laughs> That's a bad and how much is, we we had. Um, we had sort of real high hopes coming into the season we and did. it's not been the dream yeah. start and maybe we're very quickly hitting the panic button. Um, I deleted some comments around me on, on block one on, on uh, Tuesday night. Um, I thought just to spare any blushes out there. So I, yeah. I, I think, <laughs> I think when you, when we're playing well, it's a, it's a fantastic place to, to be in front of, but when it's not going so well, it can be a very intense pressure cooker. 
it, it, it's, it's, it's saying something when we're so quickly into the season that, and there's a sense of um, crowd. I think it probably stems from last season. It was a very tough watch last season. I mean, I, I watched yesterday on on a stream and, you know, the whole of the season yes, last season was in the same way. And I think it, I think we do need to get some good times back at the den. And I, I don't know how he's going to do it at the moment. He needs to tap into whatever's... There's something, there's something wrong within the squad and it needs to be tapped into quickly because otherwise um, it's going to be sacking September. I, I, I don't like to say that, but I think that's that's the logic of modern football. We, we can't afford a relegation fight season. Um, we've, we've, we've paid money out to try to, by middle standards, to try to get ourselves into a top 10 um, finish. And if that's not happening, then, you know, it's, it's hard on a manager because injuries are beyond your control to some extent, but it's the tactics and the spirit of the squad and the prep and all the rest of it, that is down to you. I mean, you've mentioned already that you don't want Gary Rowett, um, we don't want to be chopping and changing, and I agree with that. We never seem to do it particularly well or, or easily at, the, at, the, at Millwall. But that's the logic of it, Ben. Um, it's, the, it's a results business, isn't it, football? Yeah, I think um, Kenny Jackett used to say, judge the team after 12 games. He used yeah. to say that the, the the start of the season is is sort of too um, um, explosive and and it it's not a full picture. Yeah. You don't get a full picture of things in the league table until after about twelve games. So I always kind of at the start of a season leave it about twelve games and 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 think about where we are and and sort of what needs to happen. We do have some new players. We've had a few injuries. We're, I think Rowett's still trying to figure out what our best sort of 11 and our, I'd say formation, but it's the same formation every game, but what our best 11 is at least. Um, they played yesterday. And, <laughs> <laughs> I think Evans and Keith, um, <laughs> both being defensive midfielders yeah, is yeah. maybe an issue. Yeah. And I, I'd, I'd quite like to see like a Billy Mitchell, someone who's sort of a proper Millwall fan and would, you know, put a little bit of that blood and thunder back into us. I mean, that's the um, Billy Mitchell that hasn't seen the uh, the football pitch so far uh, this this season. Um, I, I, I don't lightly. I mean, some people online call for managers' heads at the first bad result, and I'm, that's not me at all. But it's it, it's when you start to um, see these kinds of bizarre decisions, even the taking off of Jake Cooper yesterday. I, I, I take the point we played better for a brief period. It was about ten minutes where we looked. It was actually entertaining. I mean, it was it was it was quite a revelation to watch it. But there are when managers start to make bizarre decisions like that, um, I, I don't know, I start to get itchy and scratchy. Um, it's a tough business, football management, Ben. You know, you're judged on results and, you know, is it that cliche that you only have three bad results away from, um, from uh, you know, the, 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 the X-Man um, turning the corner of Zampa Rose? So big seven days ahead. Um, mm-hmm. we, could, we could badly use some goals at uh, home on Tuesday night against Cambridge. And more important, I think you've touched on it really. We badly need three points, um, let alone the performance, just three points against Blackpool. Yeah. yeah. Um, as long as we're behind Derby, that's a problem, isn't it? <laughs> you know, we, we need to... Uh, that's, that's not yeah, a high bar you're setting there, Ben. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff. Big thank you to, to Ben Anthony for joining us all the way down in the in the in, in beyond the beyond the pale in Wales. Um, I'm going to close this week's show, dear listeners, with I think it was Napoleon Bonaparte asked of his generals, um, "Are they lucky?" Um, we're going to find out this week whether Gary Rowett is lucky for our own Napoleon Berylson. Um, we'll, we'll see. Um, let's let's hope for a decent week. Big thank you, Ben, for joining us. From what looks like a travel lodge somewhere on the uh, outskirts of Cardiff, I take it. <laughs> so it's an Airbnb. I'm, I'm, I'm very much in the Welsh stereotype of I'm in, I'm right in the middle of a field of sheep. <laughs> <laughs> Great stuff, Ben. Thank you for joining us, mate. Appreciated. Pleasure. Achtung, Milbein. Welcome back after the break, dear listeners. I just wanted to say a big thank you to Rob Carnaby. Thank you, Rob, for sending me a couple of photos of an old Millwall program that he's he's got hold of. Um, This one's dated 1965, Monday, the 3rd of May, 1965. It's a Millwall versus Charlton game, and it's actually the 
Uh, I don't think it's a final if it's just one of the rounds, but it was in the Kent County Cup, um, which is a, a competition that we used to take part in. I remember in the 70s, the, the Kent Cup, as we called it, part of the um, the Kent County FA Challenge Cup, so an FA Cup for affiliated clubs in, in the county of Kent, obviously. But Rob sent me this this um, programme, and I thought it'd just be nice to have a look at it, um, just as an addendum to yesterday's game at Cardiff. Um, and there's the image of uh, the old programme, kind of like a pale blue, almost like a, not quite a royal blue, really, with the lion with its foot on the football, an imperial-looking lion of its paw on the football, kind of a silhouette style, great-looking front cover, frontispiece of the of the programme. There's a black and white photo of the uh, Mill side that would have just won promotion in this 1964-65 season. As I say, it's being played Monday the 3rd of May, Monday night game, 7.30 kickoff at the Den. Uh, at the end of a, a successful promotion winning season from the 4th Division, this was the season that Billy Gray took us from Division 4 into Division 3. I think it wins successive promotions the next season, in actual fact. He's a, he was a great manager, Billy Gray. Um, just looking at the um, the final fixtures of that 64-65 season, three, four successive wins on the spin. Rochdale away, 2-0. Bradford Park Avenue, a, a club that no longer exists. Wrexham, that was a win, 1-0 at um, Park Avenue. Um, Wrexham away, a 1-0 win now under Hollywood management, of course. Um, and then finally, on the 29th of April, which I've kind of worked back to be, I think that's a Thursday night game to finish the Division 4 season of 1965. That was an away win, 2-1 um, at, at Meadow Lane. Now, the Lions would have finished the season in second spot in Division 4 behind Brighton, also promoted that season being York and Oxford. In the bottom four, and no one would be voted out, would be Barrow, Lincoln, Halifax and Stockport. Now, the, the Kent FA Cup, as I say, it's it's a tournament that, as far as I can tell, doesn't exist. I've had to look at the Kent FA Wikipedia page. They do have a, a contest called the Kent Senior Cup, but that doesn't seem to be the same thing at all. This game would actually finish um, at the end of a tough, hard season, almost certainly after the players have been um, celebrating, shall we say. Winning promotion. This would finish a rare win for Charlton. Millwall nil, Charlton five. A shellacking for the for the Valiants at the Den. Um, I don't know if they won the Kent Cup. There's no kind of um, in-depth records that I've found in my research for the the past winners of the Kent Cup. But they would certainly win this particular tie at the Den quite well. Five nil. Just looking on the inside pages, um, I'm going to read some of this verbatim actually because I think it's just wonderful prose and um, it's like you can reach back beyond the years I won't overdo this I do promise you but I just love this um, so good evening ladies and gentlemen says the the um, the, the editorial we welcome our neighbours from Charlton Athletic in what we have come to consider as the hardy annual inverted commas the Kent County Challenge Cup match we're particularly pleased to be able to stage this season match at the Den as the climax to a really wonderful campaign, culminating in last Thursday's victory at Notts County, which not only ensured us promotion, but placed us in the runners-up position. What a wonderful finish to a wonderful season! Exclamation mark. It has been a tough fight, but the players, under the astute management and coaching of Billy Gray, have given of their very best, especially so in the long and arduous, arduous, <laughs> I've actually put, I mean arduous, but arduous has been written here, the long and arduous run into the final stage. No one, except perhaps the players themselves and those closely associated with the club, can fully realise the tension of the last few games. At times, it did not seem possible that we would accomplish what we all so earnestly hoped for, but we did, thanks to a combination of fighting endeavour and, even if we say so ourselves, some good football. We are not forgetting our supporters, about whom at times some hard things have been said. Hard things, dear listeners. Nothing changes. It's 1965. What's that? That's not quite as old as me. So it be about 50, uh, what's that, 57 years ago, is it? Um, we're not forgetting our supporters, about whom at times some hard things have been said. You too have played your part with your support and your cheers. 
We feel sure the players will never forget the grand ovation you gave them at Notts County when you acclaimed their final achievement of winning promotion. Scenes such as this, scenes such as took place after the match at Notts County are indelible imprints on the minds of all involved. Um, they go on, they reckon that the games at, at, at Wrexham and then, then Notts County must be reckoned to be the two most hardest games of the season. Um, and no, neither opponent gave in without a fight. I'm um, just running down to the bottom. Um, they mentioned again manager Billy Gray, um, who had given so much enjoyment to football followers, football followers generally. Um, these games, uh, so much depend on these games. But thankfully, in capital letters, we won. Thanks to a bunch of lads who fought not only for themselves, but for their manager, who at their request played himself. So the players actually requested that Billy Gray take the field in those final games. And I do see, looking at the, um, the wonderful Mill History website, the final team at Notts County, um, Alex Stepney in goal, Dennis John, Harry Cripps, Ken Jones, Brian Snowden, Tommy Wilson, Barry Rowan, Len Julians, Billy Gilchrist, Hugh Curran, and there at number 11, manager Billy Gray. Now, as I say, this, this um, Kent Cup game didn't finish um, so well for us. I'd imagine the players weren't exactly giving 100% after what sound like huge games away at Wrexham and Notts County to win promotion that season. The, the, the Cholton team is interesting. The, the list of Mills size, same as I've just read out largely at, um, at Notts County, playing in Blue and white stripes this season, of course. Um, but the Charlton Athletics side, um, playing in white with, with red trimmings. Just looking at it, there's Keith Peacock in the front line. Keith Peacock was a long-term servant of Charlton. I think he went on to become a member of staff there after his playing days. Um, Mr Charlton, very much so. And they're in, in the uh, right-back position. Billy Bonds uh, would go on to become, of course, a West Ham legend. But started his career at Charlton and famously lived in Mottingham down at West Park. And I always remember as a kid going down to West Park hoping to see Billy Bonds because such is the allure of, of stardom. And I wasn't really a Millwall fan at that point in my life. We're talking about under 10. So there we are, uh, Millwall nil, Charlton Athletic 5 in the Kent County Cup. Now it struck me that I mentioned that Billy Gray there, and he's a manager that um, we haven't mentioned an awful lot of. And so I've just summoned up his... Wikipedia page here, Billy Gray footballer, William Patrick Gray, 1927 to 2011. So he would have passed away at the age of 84, um, 83. He died uh, at a place called Apsley, which I see is in the city of Nottingham, council estate in Nottingham. Um, he played as a forward, left back. He had a long playing career, Billy Gray. Um, Late Orient, he was born in... Born in Dinnington, which is in Tyne and Weir, up in the northeast, his first league, uh, his first home club was um, Dinnington Colliery. So it's a coal mining area. Um, back in those far-off times, younger listeners, we actually had a massive and very, very powerful coal mining industry, which fueled the country. Um, nowadays, probably climate. Um, Climate dangerous, I guess. Although I believe I'm no scientist. I believe it can you can carbon capture the um, the coal. Anyway, on this probably different podcast. Anyway, um, Billy Gray played for Dinnington Colliery before making his way south in 1947 to play for Leighton Orient. Made 19 appearances for the O's, uh, one goal. Then he went on to um, play the bulk of his career at Chelsea, 1948 to 53. Played for Chelsea. 146 appearances, 12 goals. Then on to Burnley, 120 appearances and 30 goals for Burnley. Um, and then Nottingham Forest, in actual fact, that was the bulk of his career. There 201 appearances for Forest, 1957 to 63, scoring 29 goals before he concluded his playing career at that mill, probably as player manager, given that um, he was turning out for the Lions at the end of that 64-65 season. Um, and won England B cap for Billy um, in 1950. One goal scored, one cap. That was in a 5-0 victory over Switzerland in January 1950, I see here. Um, now, reading direct from Wikipedia, he took over third division strugglers, uh, Millwall, as player manager in November 63. And despite relegation initially to the fourth division, he guided the club to successive promotions in 64, 65 
and 65-66. A falling out with the club's directors. This was a quite a common um, feature of Millwall club life in those those days, falling out with the club directors. Um, led to Billy's departure, one of the most um, talented managers we had, and he left um, after falling out with, with club directors in May 66. Uh, that was after promotion had been secured. Um, he moved across London to take over as manager of third division strugglers, Brentford, but uh, never had the same success at Brentford, nor indeed so much at Notts County, where he returned in 67-68. In um, he actually worked as a groundsman at Meadow Lane and at the city ground in Nottingham and ran a, an off-licence on Wollaton Road in Nottingham on retirement from football management. Um, Billy Gray, so um, just to list his honours as a player, he won the FA Cup with Forrest in 1958-59. His honours as a manager, uh, promotion with the Lions, uh, second place promotion 1965-66 and previous uh, season there's a promotion from the fourth division, this one we're talking about, 1964-65 and he would win the London Challenge Cup with Brentford 66-67 uh, as a manager. Billy Gray, 19 27 to 2011. Um, R.O.P. Billy Gray, one of our one of our better managers. But there we are, dear listeners. I thought I'd just interject this little piece. A big thank you to Rob for sending through that um, wonderful looking program. Um, if you have any other pl- programs of, of interest, to know, do send them through. We're doing Neil and I are doing the history show, more history shows now. So any of these little bits and pieces are great for this. I thought I'd do this just as an extra piece for our. Cardiff City coverage. Um, so thank you for tuning into Acton Mill this particular week. I'm recording this before the Cardiff games, so I'm going to wrap it up there with an Arriva Dirty Millwall. Tune in later in the week for more wonderful Millwall content from the Acton Mill stable. Until then, it's Arriva Dirty Mill. Bye for now. Thank you for listening to Acton Millwall. If you enjoyed the show, please head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a cheeky little review. Over the next Millwall. Till next time. Who do you want to watch? Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for fifty to eighty percent less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.